Well, good morning, Fritz Berger and bloodandfaith.com. It's uh, the 28th day of, last day of February, 2023. Uh, the comic strip guy that writes Dilbert got a rude awakening. He uh, uh, said forbidden words. He said forbidden words, and now his business has been destroyed for saying forbidden words. And the words he says were not untrue. They were in- entirely true. And the opinion he had was certainly not untrue. It was his opinion. He said, basically, look, he said 47% of blacks are unable to say that it's okay for a white person to be white. He said 27% of, of people say, of, of blacks, explicitly say it's not okay to be white. And another 20-some percent of them don't know if it's okay for a white person to be white. <laughs> and so he says, Look, he says, I'm done playing this game when half of black Americans uh, won't even acknowledge that it's okay for me to be white. He says, I, I'm, I've got to be done. I'm done playing this game. And he says, I'm, I'm looking every day at the Internet, and I'm watching these black people beating up whites and Asians simply because they're not black, simply because they're white or Asian. He says, this, there's something wrong. There's something sick in this system, in this culture. He says, if you're white, you got to get away from them if that's how they feel about you. If half of blacks don't think you have the right to exist as a white person, and if they can go around beating up people because they're white, he says, you need to get away from them. So that was his opinion. The man spoke the forbidden words. The man spoke his opinion, and now his business is destroyed. You had, um, uh, he, he writes comic strips. You've seen Dilbert, and the newspapers and, you know, the chain of newspapers. Somebody no doubt reached out to him and said, thou shalt uh, cancel all Dilbert comics. And that's what's happened. Now, I'm, I saw the video where, um, I think his name's Scott Adams, he said this, and he, he appears to me as a fairly intelligent man. And so it is difficult for me to imagine that he did not expect this to happen. I suspect he knew exactly what was going to happen. He seems that smart. And as tragic as that is for him individually, it's, it's also very liberating for him individually. Uh, you know my opinion on that. It's very liberating when you can actually say what you think. And, it, it, it's, uh, and this is what terrifies them. And I'm going to use them generically because I don't want to get into it today. This is what terrifies them, that people actually can speak what's on their mind. And that's why you have speech codes embedded in our nation from kindergarten on. You can't be racist and sexist and anti-Semitic and homophobic. And so people wander around on pins and needles wondering what they can and can't say. And the end result is they don't say anything. And that's exactly where they want you. That's exactly where they want you. They want you terrified of saying the forbidden and noticing things that you're not supposed to notice. It's a totalitarian society. And Scott Adams, God bless him, had the courage to say what was in his heart, to say what was in his mind. He said forbidden words. You would think that in America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, and it's not anymore, it's just not, would have a free course to say what was in his heart and what was in his mind, to make obvious, logical noticings. He noticed. 
His guilt was noticing, and his guilt was saying the forbidden words. He noticed the facts. He noticed that half of blacks cannot say that it's okay for a white man to be white. A quarter of them absolutely have said explicitly said, no, it's not okay for white people to be white. Another, another quarter of them don't know if it is or not. And then he watches all the violence by blacks, by young blacks, against whites and Asians, and he's going, this, this, this is insanity. And it is. It's true. It is insane. And he says, if you're white, you need to move to a white neighborhood. Get out of a black neighborhood, essentially. So he's guilty of noticing, and he's guilty of saying forbidden words. And, and this is the culture that we live in. This is the society we live in. This is the totalitarian society we live in. And the government doesn't have to arrest you. You simply have uh, uh, pressure groups that will go out there and tell the different businesses, you can no longer do business with Scott Adams. He's not following the narrative. He's noticing things he's not supposed to notice, and he's saying the forbidden words. And so he was destroyed economically. Again, I go right back to the Gospels of Jesus Christ. If, if people said the forbidden words, if they said, hey, Jesus Christ is Lord, they were demonetized. They were, how did that happen? They were kicked out of the synagogue. They were kicked out of the synagogue. And once you're kicked out of your synagogue, you, you couldn't do business with anybody. You couldn't buy or sell. You couldn't rent. You couldn't be a landlord. You couldn't be a tenant. Yet nobody would hire you. It's the same, here I go again, here I go, same people, same M.O. today as it was 2,000 years ago. The good news is he had the courage to stand up and notice and to say the forbidden words. And, and, and I, I guess that's what I'm asking Americans to do. Say the forbidden words and notice the things that you're not supposed to notice. You want to be a free people? Be a free people. If you want to be free, you have to be free. And it starts between the ears and what comes out of your mouth. I say a lot of things that a lot of people disagree with, but by God, I'm going to say them. I might even be wrong on some of them. I'm going to say them anyway, just, just as, as a matter of point. I'm going to say them anyway. Oh, you can't say that. Yes, I can. I can, I have, I did, and I will. So Scott Adams author of the comic strip, uh, I don't know, Dog Bird or something like that. A little funny little dog. And this is what has to happen. This is absolutely what has to happen. Now, I was reading another article this morning, in fact, early this morning. I guess I'm, a, I guess I'm an early riser. It's from Zero Hedge, written by a guy named Mike Whitney. It's the plan to wreck America. I should click on the link where it comes from. Un's review. Well, that's always a <laughs> that's always a controversial site, isn't it? And he's going through here, and he's saying, "Look, here's the plan. The plan is to, well, basically, he says the same thing I've said, except in different words. The plan is to deracinate human beings. And I take it very generally. You deracinate a human being, and you strip him of all that God gave him to make him whole: his land, his race." his gender, his sex, his ethnicity, his language, his culture, his history, his past, his heroes, his idols, his kin, his extended kins. And then you bleach him out and you throw him into an urban environment and you, and you make him a slave, thinking that he's free. You make that man a slave and you think, he, you think he's free. You, you can see that no clearer than in the young people that uh, you know, grow up in a Christian home 
Go up in the countryside, then then they go to the big university and they come home homosexual with 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 blue and pink hair because they don't know which they are. <laughs> so they, they try it all out, and it's just it's like my God, well, you, 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 we throw our children, and I've been to all the universities that anybody can go to, and they come out and, and they've been deracinated. They go to the school of the cult. And they've been told to hate your ancestors, hate your land, hate your language, hate your God, hate your gender, and rebel against everything, and then you can be free. And what they do is they, de- they willingly deracinate themselves, and they're slaves. Now they're a slave. They, their identity is handed to them by somebody that controls them. Here's your identity. You're a trans-binary, you know, non-cis, whatever. And you've destroyed that human being. You've destroyed them. Sorry, you've destroyed them. Then they engage in whatever they engage in, and they wake up at 35 years old hating the world, going, what, what the heck did I do? And it's all over for them. It's too late. And they're, they're, they're a husk. And so they're angry, and they lash out, and, and then they continue that cycle against the next generation of young people. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. This is what he says. Well, let's see if I can pull this up here. Here's Colonel Colonel Douglas McGregor. Some of you have probably heard of him. He's a he comments on the war in, in in Ukraine with Russia. I was reading a document that was authored by George Soros over ten years ago, in which he talked specifically about this all-out war that would ultimately come against Russia, because he said this was the last national state that rests on a foundation of Orthodox Christian culture with Russian identity at its core. That has to be removed. Okay? So this is George Soros. The last national state with the foundation of Orthodox Christian culture and Russian identity at its core. And so George Soros, Jew, says, hey, that has to be destroyed. It has to be removed. So McGregor continues on. He says, so I think that the people who are in charge of the West and the people in charge in Washington think they have successfully destroyed the identities of European and American peoples Yes, they've certainly gone down that track. And we have no sense of ourselves. Our borders are undefended. We present no resistance to the incoming migrants from the developing world who essentially roll over us as though we owe them a living and that our laws do not apply to them. Thus far, I would say that this is accurate. It's an accurate evaluation of what we've been doing. And I think that's a great victory for George Soros and the globalists, the anti-nationalists, those who want open borders. And they call it the open society because you end up with nothing, an amorphous mass of people struggling to survive who are reduced to the lowest levels of subsistence. Soros even goes on so far to talk about how it would be if it was East Europeans whose lives were expended in the process and not the West Europeans who simply won't take the casualties. This is not a minor matter. This is the kind of thinking that is so destructive and so evil, in my judgment, this is McGregor talking, and that's what we're really dealing with in our own countries, and I think Putin recognizes that. So another take, uh, another angle of saying what I've said. You, you destroy a national identity, and they, they hate that. Oh God, they hate that. They hate it when you notice. So I've noticed, McGregor noticed, a lot of people have noticed, you destroy any sense of self. You destroy. You tear down people's statues. You demoralize the people. You you open their borders and you flood the the country with others that is not them. They don't speak our language. They don't serve our gods. They don't honor our history. 
And we're told if we oppose that, we're, and then they give us an evil, well, you're an evil person. They say you say they say, they say essentially you're you're insane and demon possessed, which is the language they used two thousand years ago. Today they modernized it. They say well you're racist and sexist and, and xenophobic. Two thousand years ago they called Jesus Christ uh, insane and, and demon possessed. Nobody believes in insanity in 2023. I don't think that's even it's probably not even in the books anymore. And nobody believes in demon possession if you're part of the smart group. But they've invented these other words that are, that are just as dehumanizing. And you say, oh, you're racist and sexist and xenophobic. It, does, it has the same effect. You demonize a person. You demonetize them by kicking them out of the synagogue. And then you demonize them by, by telling that they're, that they're demon-possessed and insane. Today we say, oh, you're a Hitler. You're a Nazi. You're, uh, uh, you're racist. You're xenophobic. You're anti-Semitic. I'm noticing... I'm noticing their TTPs. I'm noticing their techniques, technique, tactics, techniques, and procedures. And I'm making a correlation between how they treat people today and how they treated Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago and the people in the book of Acts, all the early Christians. It's the same group. It's the same enemy. It's the same TTPs. Demoralize them, demonize them, demonetize them. All right? And so Scott Adams, he committed the crime of noticing. He noticed. I've committed the crime of noticing. <laughs> I've noticed what the Bible says. I got a great meme. I should put it up again. I got a great meme out there, and it says, Fritz, who radicalized you? And I answer, and I says, it's the Bible. John eight forty four. And And my goal is to uh, radicalize the church. Radicalize the church. Have the church return to the Holy Scriptures. Have the church return to Jesus Christ. Have the church return to what Jesus Christ said. It radicalized the church. Man, this stuff that's going on is evil. It's, it's, evil. it's the destruction of a white and Christian nation. And that's the whole point of these people. That's their whole point. That's their whole goal. So you flood Europe and you flood America and you flood all the white Christian countries with non-whites and non-Christians. I won't put up with it. I don't Call me racist. Call me whatever you want to call me. I don't care. Certain point in life, a man has to take a stand. I think Scott Adams took a stand. I think he said, "You know, enough of this stuff." This is—he noticed and he said the forbidden words. That's the healthiest thing that can happen in 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 America in 2023. More people noticing that which you're not supposed to notice, and saying that which you're not supposed to say. I'll give you some examples of noticing. George Soros, Jew. Klaus Schwab, Jew. His right-hand henchman, Noah Harari. Jew. All right? And you start going through on who owns the newspapers and the Associated Press and the banks. You're not supposed to notice that. Right? It's a crime to notice. It's even a crime to notice. And you've got Congressman Jamie Raskin, Jew, who said, hey, we got to destroy Russia because it's a Christian culture. He said it out loud. He said it out loud. He's a Jew. And it just, it, you know, it's stunning. I, I won't name people in other uh, government agencies that are that. And you're not supposed to know. Here's another example, first-hand example. Seventy people wrote a letter to the Secretary of State. I shouldn't say that. I don't want to talk about my employer. And say, uh, fire Fritz. We should fire Fritz. Fire Fritz. He said, you are a Jew. We're a Jew. Uh, you should fire Fritz. 
And uh, uh, then they took that letter and they gave it to the press. Well, the press was smart because they know you're not supposed to notice things. And so political took the, took the letter that was sent by these 70 employees to the Secretary of State and published the essence of the article, but didn't notice that it was 70 Jews that, in fact, wrote to the Secretary of State and saying, hey, we're Jews, you're a Jew, far Fritz. He's, he's, he's saying forbidden things. And political knew they're not supposed to notice that uh, it was all the Jews trying to get rid of me, and I wasn't a Jew. And so they didn't publicize that part. But I got a hold of the letter. I got a hold of the letter, and it says right in there, we're 70 Jews. Secretary Blinken, you're a Jew. Fire this guy, Fritz. Fire him. Well, they, they made a mistake. But political did the right thing. They, they didn't notice what they're supposed to, not supposed to notice. They, they refused to notice that it was, in fact, Jews writing to Jews to get rid of a non-Jew. Oh, you're not supposed to notice that. <laughs> That's a perfect example of that. And then as far as the forbidden, I tell you what's forbidden is the Holy Scriptures is forbidden. If you, you churches don't wake up, if the Christian churches don't wake up, well, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. It's already going on. You're going to drive out Christian men. Let's see if I can pick this up here. So apparently in the Lutheran Church, um, there's somebody that's in the Lutheran Church, and he wrote, I don't I haven't read what he's written, but apparently he has come out against things like uh, critical race theory and this and that and the other thing, and they, they excommunicated him. They said he can't be a Lutheran anymore. Because you're racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, and anti-Semitic, essentially. And they excommunicated him. And so he he had the sin of number one, noticing, and number two, saying the forbidden. And this is a trend. It's going to be a trend. It has to continue. And I'm all for the trend. If we need to be excommunicated, excommunicate us. And I want it to be explicit that that there's there's the Christian church. And there's the Judeo-Christian church. Let there be a very clear distinction. Let there be a very clear distinction, because a good portion of the evangelical church, and I've been talking about this and writing about this lately, has simply surrendered to the Antichrist, and they bow the knee to the Antichrist, and they serve the Antichrist, and deny explicitly the words of Jesus Christ. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. John 8, 44, and on, and on, and on, and on. Go to bloodandfaith.com, read the article I put up uh, yesterday on Esther, listen to the podcast. Uh, we're, we're no, we, we need to notice things that we're not supposed to notice, and we need to say the forbidden words. Fritz Bergen, good morning to you, bloodandfaith.com.